Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined by my handsome husband, Dewey Vaughn. Say hi to everybody, Dewey. Hi, everyone, and hello to you, my beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. And I see today that we want to talk about helicopter cat parents. What does that mean? Well, it, it's a topic suggested by a listener from Estonia, and uh, Estonia, sorry. And I hadn't heard about it either. I'd never heard of a helicopter parent, but I don't have kids, so I wasn't too surprised. And and I thought, well, maybe this is an Estonia thing. But I googled it, and it's actually very common in the United States, also, and and maybe even more so. And it's defined as a parent who plays extremely close attention to a child's experiences and problems. You know, I'm just super confused about this whole (laughs) concept or idea. I just can't seem to wrap my mind around the two. But so like hovering, that makes sense, I guess, like a helicopter. Yeah. And this listener... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this listener wants to know how to be one or what? I'm really confused. Well, let me just, let me read to you what she wrote. That's probably the easiest one. Yeah, that would help me. Thank you. Okay, okay. Let me just read it. I just assume you're in my head all the time because you are, my love. (laughs) Thank you. You're in mine too, my love. (laughs) So this is kind of long and she has actually three concerns and, and a little background information. So... Um, bear with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna read um, Ania's email. So Ania, like I said, is from Estonia, and her question is: Am am I one? Am I a helicopter parent? And um, she says that her her partner has gently suggested on more than one occasion that she says that I think too much about my cat's well being and spend too much time and energy on the cat. I'm torn. On one side, I see where he's coming from. I'm 100% cat lady, and I have only one cat to love, and maybe it's a bit overboard. On the other, I really hate our culture of letting cats be bored and ignored a lot of the time. I agree, Ania. I I love you already. (laughs) She says, for some background, about four and a half months ago, I got a kitten named Janku, which means bunny in Estonian. This is my first time raising a kitten who isn't a foster going out to a different home. Jonku was extremely well socialized and came to us at three and a half months old. He's super outgoing and well attached. He sleeps beautifully through the night. He's never destructive. He sounds perfect so far. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, my concern number one, how much enrichment is too much? We clicker train and pray play daily. I just love these people. And I'm planning (laughs) to start scent tracking training next month, which I think is just amazing. I want to hear much more about that. Mm -hmm. We're turning our large enclosed balcony into a catio paradise. 
Janku has about a two and a half meter tall cat trees and wall mounts to hop on. He's our only pet, and I'm not interested in adding more. So since I'm home with him every day, I feel like I'm constantly chasing his impending boredom. He gets two to three hours of my focused attention per day. What I feel is meeting Janku's basic needs. Looks pretty overboard to my partner. So that's her first concern. Is she giving too much enrichment? Mm -hmm. And her concern number two, Janku is very vocal. I talk to him a lot during the day. And he's very good at communicating his wants and needs. I don't mind it because I never want to walk past Janku without saying hello. But my partner wants me to stop talking with Janku so that he stops meowing so much. And it's hard for me because he tells great stories and I want to chime in. (laughs) So number three, concern, (laughs) concern number three, my feeding style. Janku had an upper respiratory infection when he arrived and he turned out to have some food intolerances. It took time to find a food that worked well. I felt a lot of stress that my rapidly growing kitten was struggling with his meals. I'm used to hand-feeding feral foster kittens, so it came naturally to me to bond with a new kitten who wasn't feeling well in this way. So here I am, feeling extremely foolish, spoon and hand-feeding my very healthy kitten at almost every meal. I'm trying to reverse train Janku to eat on his own, even just for the sake of any future cat sitter. But he just goes on a food strike. Because we feed raw, I can't just leave food out for him. We're sorting it out, but it'll take some time to fix, but it will take time to fix my well-intentioned mistake. Am I a helicopter parent? I think I must be. What other forms of too much love can cat parents exhibit? Am I alone in overloving my kitten? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this that was a great story, actually, and thank you for reading that. Uh, that was <clears throat> quite a long uh, read, but wow, this sounds like something that I could imagine would be running through your head. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, and yeah. and it and this is funny because I actually, in the back of my mind, had been thinking about doing a topic on Cat Talk Radio about how much should you be thinking about your cat? But, you know, I wasn't really able to figure out how to frame that and without, you know, I don't want to shame people. I don't want people to think that they're not doing enough and things like that. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just make it about me and about what goes through my head. And I didn't really quite know how to get that done. And then Ania sent me this email. So perfect, perfect opportunity. So, yeah, I could see that. So let's break that down a bit and see if we can uh, unpack it a little bit and and dive into it somewhat. So take some of her concerns one at a time. The first one, she asked, how much enrichment is too much, which is a good question. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anyone having the time to provide too much enrichment for a cat. I mean... Remember, in the wild, they hunt six hours a day. So, prey playing and training two to three hours a day is certainly not too much at all. That's I, I don't think she's going overboard, you know. And again, I, you know, I, I do think you need to prey play with your cat. I prescribe two times a day, two ten-minute sessions per day for prey play, and you know, we like to take Pico on errands with us, and we like to involve him 
in our life, we pretty much want him with us no matter what we're doing. And we work from home, so he understands because we encourage him to be with us no matter what we're doing. And he needs his alone time. All cats do need their alone time. So, you know, that that might be something to figure. And you do kind of want to be sensitive to a cat that needs their space. But you can usually see that, you know. Yeah. I would imagine or guess if if we're waking them up on the out of their 16 hours per day sleep to play that might be a bit too much and may get them a little upset uh that's that might be a lot so for the rest of us who are lucky to get in your prescribed 10 minute pray play sessions a day are you saying we're not doing enough in that regard so one is too much and the other one's not enough well, I, I I guess too much would be around the clock, certainly interrupting their routine sleep cycle. Cause so cats have a natural rhythm, you know, hunt, catch, kill, eat, groom, sleep. And so if you pray play with them and then you feed them and then you let them groom themselves and take a little cat nap and they're going to get up and do that over and over and over and over again many times a day. It's not like they sleep 16 straight hours a day. That's where the term catnap came from. Um, So, yeah, you you don't want to prolong them. In fact, the reason we say that the prey play session should be 10 minutes is because, you know, house cats aren't built for endurance. They have little short bursts of energy. So 10 minutes is enough. You know, I know you've probably got kittens that are younger and higher energy that want to go longer. But um, for the most part, 10 minutes is enough. Now, if you're, if you're not doing that, if you're not prey playing with your cat at least two times a day for 10 minutes, then no, you're, not, you're probably not doing enough. And what does that mean? What does that look like in your cat? Well, that means that your cat's not able to release that pent-up energy and, and that can start stress stacking and stress stacking in them, you know, they're real good at hiding stress, so they don't show it to you. So if they're stacking stress internally, then that's going to eventually erupt into either a health issue or or an emotional issue, which could be a, a behavior issue. So, so, yeah, you know, cats, indoor cats need more enrichment than indoor-outdoor cats because outdoor cats get that little cycle, that hunt, catch, kill cycle outside, and your indoor cat does not. You know, the only thing I'd be cautious of here is setting up a routine that you can't keep up with. I I like to call it the new puppy syndrome. You know, you're really excited and engaged when you first get this new kitten, and you're like, I'm going to do everything right, and you do for the first three or four months, and then you kind of lose interest later on. Well, that can really can really depress the cat and confuse the cat. You know, it's really important in bird species, they say, because birds rely so much on social interaction from their people. And if you get them used to a certain level and then you change, well, that doesn't do well for the bird at all. And, and the same is true with cats. So, you know, don't... Um, Try to establish their daily routines from day one like they're going to be five years from now. You know, and, and I know people have babies and lives change and that changes, but um, don't set yourself up for failure by overindulging in the first couple months and then losing interest. So are there things that you can recommend to get Aeneas partner engaged? And 
No, I'm not thinking she is going to be overboard with such enrichment stuff. Well, that's a good question for you because you're kind of in his shoes. You know, you're probably not as interested in making sure Pico gets enough enrichment daily. So what would engage you more? <laughs> Answer it, <laughs> I guess, um, by saying, you know, I, probably more routine. I mean, I think if I was in a routine, like we feed him on a routine basis. So my head starts getting around that clock and that time frame. So I would say and recommend, you know, if I were in that shoes and let's say they wanted to swap some of the time frame and uh, give one, one, 10, because uh, well, you, you recommend two 10 minute praise sessions. So I would say give one to one partner and the other to the other partner and put it at a time frame that makes sense maybe when they get home after they've had dinner and you know wash the dishes and whatever about seven o'clock they do a little pray play the partner does that and then maybe ania does it during the days how i would maybe think of it yeah so you you like structure yeah i think maybe uh that that's to kind of get you into to the game because obviously there's your day's going by and you're thinking about, you know, everything that surrounds the work and the how the home and sometimes the pet gets dismissed. Do you you have a different mindset? That's just my mindset. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that's I think that's good. Like like in our house, um, Dewey feeds Pico twice a day. He feeds Pico in the morning. Mostly that's just a logistical thing because Pico gets fed in the pantry, which is where the coffee bar is. And there's this narrow doorway to the kitchen sink and the refrigerator. And so if Dewey's in there doing coffee and I'm in there feeding the cat, we're just stepping all over each other. So I said, okay, look, why don't you feed the cat while you're waiting for the coffee to to percolate and uh, and that'll be good and then Dewey feeds him his last meal a day right before we go to bed and sets his food timer for the middle of the night and that gives them a chance to bond too because Pico gets up on the counter and rubs Dewey's shoulder and tells him how much he appreciates it and gives Dewey kisses while he's trying to feed him (laughs) so it gives the guys a chance to bond as as well so I I think that that really helps them bond and and maybe we'll expand Ania's partner's mind a little bit more about, you know, what what Jonku might need. And then, you know, I think there's some stuff that that we do with the cats that really appeal to guys. Like, like you love watching Pico do his behaviors, his clicker training yeah. tricks. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. and if I taught you how to do that and taught you how to clicker train him, and so that you could get him to jump over your arm or whatever, you know, you, you would probably be, have a good time thinking up things, new things that you could train him. I I would think, you know, guys might, that might appeal to guys. And, um, absolutely. I think that that's, uh, very much. So the more that you can get it, like the wand toy, I like the wand toy that looks like a little fishing pole. That just reminds me of being outside fishing. And <laughs> I love I love being yep. able to feed him in the morning because I do like the, it's like our little bonding time when I'm feeding him and he's um, pressing up against my shoulder and letting me know how much he appreciates it. Yeah, so, no, yeah that's, I a, think, that's I think a good one. I think connecting in some way works. 
Yeah, wand toys that that are like fishing poles are good because guys like that. And then, you know, other games that are probably more dog-like. I I don't know. Maybe I'm making a really stereotypical com- comment here, but and we think guys would like more. Like if you could teach a cat to fetch, I think a guy would would like that. And then walking them on a leash. You know, you like that and you push him in the stroller. Yeah. We'll go out for hikes and you push him in the stroller mostly because, you know, if I push him in the stroller, it slows me down and you don't want me any slower than I already am on a walk. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think there's there's some things you can do, Ania, to to engage your partner in in co-parenting, I think is basically what we're talking about here is be, you right. know, Assign him some things gently. You don't want to boss around him around because then he'll just, um, he won't like that at all, right? Because I know Dewey That's doesn't right. like that. So I'm sure <laughs> he won't <laughs> like you going, go feed the cat. But you can say, hey, I know. How about you feed him this meal? And it gives you guys a chance to bond. So, yeah, yeah. I, I that's good. That's good input. So let's talk about her second concern about Yanku being so vocal. Is that something she should be worried about? Well, she does say that her partner is bothered by his vocalizing, and and uh, and and I guess the partner better watch out because it's obvious the cat is staying. <laughs> but but seriously, when a cat vocalizes to you, and you pay attention to it by talking back and and that kind of thing, that's positive reinforcement, and that's going to encourage the cat to do it more often. So it's pretty simple. If you want to reduce it, you got to stop reacting to it. But I'm guessing that's not going to happen here because she enjoys it, and I don't blame her. I would, I would, lo- I love it when Pico talks to me. In fact, I wish he did it more. I try to encourage Pico to talk more. He's not a very vocal cat. Um, only when he wants something, you know, when he's hungry, <laughs> he gets a little chirpy and vocal, but he's really yeah, not a very yeah. uh, vocal cat. And that's probably because he wasn't encouraged in his young, you know, that window of sensitive development when they're three to seven weeks old, his foster probably didn't encourage their vocalizing. So he, he may not have that foundation, but seriously, if, if you're, if your partner, Ania is, really troubled by this um talk about his feelings you know what's troubling you about it are you worried that something's wrong with the cat are you worried that he's not getting what he needs are you just annoyed because it sounds like nagging and you don't want to get up and do whatever he wants or are you trying to read and you find it distracting i mean you know let's figure out what's really behind that um annoyance with the vocalizing and and maybe talk to the the partner about that and if you really do feel like you've got to reduce Junku's meowing then ignore it when he meows and stop talking to him but again as much as you love his stories I'm it doesn't sound like that's going to happen so you might have to build on a room for your partner to just go sit in if he needs peace and quiet <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah unless you're in an apartment then maybe next door so, um, <laughs> what about the hand feeding thing? I I could I know right off the bat that's got to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be a real concern when they need to travel and they have someone come over and yeah. feed. I mean, it's it's yeah. bad enough, you know, when when we travel and we leave Pico behind, which we've only done once so far since we've had him in the last year. Of course, 
COVID, so that explains that. But, you know, you, you, you're lucky to be able to afford to have a cat sitter come twice a day. You know, if you can have somebody come stay and they're not opposed to hand feeding and that's a reliable sitter, then, okay, that's probably not a problem, but that's pretty unrealistic. So, you know, when we have someone come two times a day, you know, we have to do the timed feeders and show them how to set them up because he eats, you know, four times a day. So, um, someone, yes, it's something you need to fix. In other words, I, I don't think it's a healthy thing for a cat to be reliant on, on hand feeding. So, so how do you switch them? How do you break that? Start by making a game out of it. You know, make sure he's, he's really hungry, which you feed in meals. So that's good. And, and put, the raw food in a coffee cup. So put it, you know, you take a coffee cup and you put a coffee cup on its side on a rubber mat so they have to reach in and dig it out. He might find that the mental stimulation and the problem solving of a puzzle with the food in it is something he's willing to do. So that's a thought. Make sure when you're not hand feeding that you're feeding in a flat bowl because a lot of cats, one of the things they don't like is sticking their nose down into a tight little bowl because their whiskers touch the side and whiskers are very, very sensitive and it gets annoying after a while. There really is something called whisker fatigue. In fact, we sell these great bowls. They're called Becco bowls and they're made out of bamboo and they're flat and, and they don't, they don't, bug the whiskers. So feed them on a flat plate or something like that so that that's not an obstacle. Um, You know, start with get a bowl, put it down, and then as you're hand feeding, move your hand closer and closer and closer to the bowl and then put your hand on the bowl and then put the food in the bowl and put your fingers around it and then put it down and tap the bowl, you know, and gradually move your hand farther and farther away. So that would be my guess on maybe how to do that. Not, Not seeing, you know, where this is taking place or exactly how it's done makes figuring out a behavior modification plan a, a little bit challenging. But but use an intermittent step system like that. Um, and then the other thing is maybe, maybe use raw food as a reinforcer for clicker training. And, and, you know, if you can toss it to him or put it on a flat, like a tiny flat plate, and you clicker train and then you give the reinforcer you know, graduate from a spoon to like a flat saucer plate, and then maybe you can lower that to the floor. So think think about it in gradual. There's nothing you're going to be able to do that's going to be sudden that go, okay, my hand's no longer involved, eat. He, he's not going to do that for no other reason than he, cats don't like change. So gradual is the way I would think about that. You know, she also asked, what forms of too much love, quote unquote, can you can a cat parent exhibit? Uh, that That's kind of a interesting question. How much? What's too much? <laughs> well, you know, I work all day getting people to pay more attention to their cats. So I hadn't really thought about the effects of too much love because I never see that. You know, <laughs> that's never that is not something. I don't think I have ever seen. Ania definitely comes closer than anybody I've ever talked to. Um, But I guess anything that would interrupt their essential needs 
or making them do things they don't want to do. You know, like like those ladies we see who push their cats around in strollers at Global Pet Expo, you know, thinking mm-hmm. that that's enrichment. And, and I'm thinking those cats are not having fun. I mean, first of all, there's dogs around. There's really loud overhead speaker noises and lots of commotion. And I'm thinking, you know, those cats are not having fun. It might be fun for those ladies to get all the attention and, you know, samples and stuff out of booths. But I, I don't, I, I don't, I think you got to think in terms of what the cat would like. Don't anthropomorphize onto the cat and make it do things you think they'll like. You know, learn what cats need and appreciate and engage them at their level. But I don't think Ania's in that category. I mean, everything she shared with us is really great stuff to do with your cat. I mean, heck, she may be a better cat mom than I am even, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. You are a fantastic cat mom. Everybody says that any cat that lives with you is living in paradise. So I don't know if that's that's possible. So bottom line is, it sounds like she's a helicopter cat parent. <laughs> is that right? Well, I, 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 I do see people helicopter parenting their children, you know, and I, and I think, I personally think kids would benefit from figuring stuff out on their own way more often. But when it comes to cats, I'd say no, Ania is not a helicopter parent. And, and if so... I think it's in a good way, you know. I, I don't, I don't think we can possibly begin to enrich our cats too much. As I said, con- consistency and routine in all you do is the most important thing for cats. So, I I hope Ania's partner is listening, and she's not a helicopter cat parent. You don't need to be concerned. This is just another family member. A lot of people think pets are just, you know, it's just a cat, it's just a dog, but it's not. It's a family member. It's like it's like having a child in the house, and you are concerned and for their well-being, and you do want them to be happy and healthy emotionally and physically. So I think that's a good thing, and I don't think we could possibly think too much about that. Well, yeah, and I, I totally agree, and thank you, Ania, for writing to us with such a great topic. It was something that I really, truly am still trying to get my head wrapped around, but I get it. I understand more now, uh, but um, that's a great topic, and I really want to thank you for being such a great cat mom to Yonku, and I would like to hear from anybody else out there on Mollywood as well if you've got great ideas like this we'd love to really uh be able to take off on something new and interesting that's that's a new one on me for sure i haven't heard that at all anywhere even with raising of kids (laughs) send us send us your ideas these are great you can always email me molly yeah you can email me molly at cattalkradio.com and uh and we'll do a show on your idea, too. So send them to That's us. That's right. That'd be great. And if any of you listeners have learned something from one of our podcasts or simply entertained by our banter, yeah, <laughs> consider course, sending us. A, <laughs> yeah, we do. Back and forth. Bantering. I don't know if it's really good banter, but it's bantering sometimes. <laughs> but please consider sending us a gratuity donation. We would really love to... Uh, Know that you're out there listening, and it's also also that we we do all of this for free. So 
just to make sure that you're well-educated. Uh, it's super easy. You can go to the store at Cat Behavior Solutions website, and there's a button set up and established for you to do this very easily. Just click on the button, you go to check out, and then you put your credit card information in there, and there you go. You got a quick gratuity jo- donation, yeah. and we thank you ahead of time. When you I go think to you the can, store, scroll yeah, down because you you're going to see all down. those cool products first and yeah. scroll down to the bottom and that's where you see the donation amounts. But, you know, hey, while you're in there, get some toys for your cat because, you know, they get bored with their old toys. Get them some new toys. We've got some great catnip stuff. Get them one of those flat food bowls that are so awesome that doesn't cause whisker fatigue. And there's all kinds of cool stuff in there. I even have these new kind of bath wipes that are catnip infused and it's a really good way to get them grooming. So if you pray played, we have some great wand toys too. So if you get a wand toy, pray play with them right before food time, feed them on their wonderful whisker friendly bowl. And then after (laughs) dinner, wipe them down with that catnip infused bath wipe. And that really gets them to grooming. And then they'll go take a nap and then do it all over again. So, so yeah, it's great. (laughs) Check that out. Also um, find us on Facebook and, and like us on Facebook and share it with your other cat friends. And we're on Instagram also. And there's a blog on our website too. And, you know, this is this is an all-volunteer-based podcast. We don't take any money out of this. And we just do this to help you take better care of your cat and to increase the bond between the two of you and to reduce any behavior issues you're having now and to potentially prevent behavior issues from even happening. And we're going to do this. We're going to stay on the air and keep coming to you weekly as long as Shelter Shelter euthanasia euthanasia is is the the number number one one cause of death in cats. Because it still is, and that's sad. (laughs) All right, everybody. It is. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yay. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. For products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. 
Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com.